West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 8th of July 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. Joining Paddy Donovan and Tom Ryan, Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, everybody, and you're very welcome to you're welcome to County Views on this Wednesday night, which is more like indeed a winter's night than a summer's night. With, uh, and of course, the past two days, uh, plenty, plenty, plenty water falling. So I'm here this evening. They have lifted the ban on the on the hose pipes. And looking at the paper here, I see that a man is jailed in Innes. Uh, gang members, this is why well, I should say, of course, you're listening to County Views here from West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio. And my guests this evening are, as usual, Tom Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon. And it's live program going out from half past nine until 11 o'clock tonight and repeated tomorrow evening at seven o'clock to half past eight. If you want to phone in or text in or email or WhatsApp or whatever, or six nine six six two hundred or text O eight seven one six six nine eight hundred. So if you want to call in on any topic, anything you want to discuss or anything you want to say to us, O six nine six six two hundred or text O eight seven one six six nine eight hundred and Jason is there ready, willing and able for your messages. Looking at the paper today, uh, man jailed after lightning raid on smartphone shop. I think last week I called out a similar one from somebody from some name that I couldn't pronounce who was caught in a dare in a big robbery and he got a sentence. Gang members took less than a minute to pack almost 60,000 <coughs> worth of smartphones into a duvet cover during a nighttime raid at Inner Circuit Court was held. Brian O'Callaghan jailed Gorgi Mazazogzaki 30 for five years for his role in the theft for of 58,477 worth of merchandise from Air Store in O'Connell Street, Innes. In February the 10th, 2020, Judge O'Callaghan stated the headline sentence for the offence was seven years, but he reduced the jail term by two years, including an allowance of six months, as Mr. Missouri of College Gardens Minute Kildare pleaded guilty during the COVID-19 pandemic. Along with three accomplices, Mazaki made off with 74 smartphones, one smartwatch in their Toyota Vences car before they were intercepted by Gardaí shortly after 2 a.m. on the outskirts of Innes. Gardaí for O'Malley told the court once inside the store, it takes less than one minute for the crime to occur. Mazaki also was also the getaway driver. Gardaí O'Malley said all the phones were recovered when the getaway car was intercepted. <coughs> Patrick Wems defending said his client was caught in the act and apologizes for all those to all those concerned. Judge O'Callaghan backdated the sentence to of Mazaki's arrest to February the tenth. We have discussed those kind of things and of course he, he was very sorry and he apologized, Tom Ryan. Yeah but, but 
came down from Minot and killed their twins for the night. Yeah, these are mobile gangs, you know, that crisscrossing the country for the past 30 years now. And uh, we see there last week where we had some serious raids in Limerick. We had them up in Longford, we had them in the Midlands and, and, and Dublin and Cork. Crime is at that level, you know, that's petty crime in comparison to the real crime that's, that's going ahead in the country at the moment. And to be honest about it, you know, there's one thing that puzzles me. And uh, I'm not making little of that of that adventure at all, no, Pat, but that's, but that's, that's happening everywhere, like. But that was that night, Tom. Yes, that's that, that night. That was one night. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it's going on all the time, Pat. Yeah. And you see, these gangs are, <clears throat> are what you call well-established now, and they're well-known. And it is, you, you see, and seemingly the real problem is that they're, they're open to any type of robbery, farm machinery, houses, jewellery, violence, wholesale, and uh, they drive high-powered cars. You know, we have, it's only a small island, like, it isn't, I mean, Siberia or anything like that. We should be able to, our patrols, I mean, our guardians should be able to apprehend these people, like, in the, in, in the act. Well, not I to have to wait for sorry, everyone's afterwards, like Sorry, that. Tom. I did read in <coughs> another paper on that report case where there was a lady staying in the flat overhead upstairs, and he used a sledgehammer to burst the window, which took a good few bangs. She heard uh, the noise below. She rang the Gaudi, hence that was how they got caught up with them on the night. Yeah, but at the same time, Pat, like, it's a long way from Kildare, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, surely, like, that this type of activity should be well, like, should be, you know, we have a road traffic core, like, I mean, and they're out, and they're on duty 24-7, we're told, catching people for Should over. that not <coughs> be taken into consideration when sentencing occurs that somebody came through three or four counties to do the event as a local fellow who decided to do it. Obviously, there's much more. It's a total joke, Pat. The crime in this country is out of control. And now we're only playing catch-up. And the one thing that puzzles me, and I won't won't go on about it now, Jerome, because you've been speaking about this a long time as well. what What I can't understand is that we have these raids, right, all these, all these criminals, no matter where they are situated, let Limerick City, we had one three weeks ago, all stuff recovered, serious amounts of money, solicitors' office raided, accountants' office raided, real estate and auctioneers raided, but we hear no more about it. It's all over then. We don't ever hear the consequences of those raids. Or how, so are all these these professionals, are they complicit in the, in, in the robberies and the serious crime and the fraud that's gone on in the country? It looks very like it, that, that they're part of the whole setup. Jerome? Well, it's shocking that they're crossing the country. But the difficulty we have here is the jails are too good for them. Guys, you know, you give somebody a three-year sentence, it's not a problem. If they're going to, and I'm, and I'm not naming countries, some of the North East, uh, northeastern European countries, and I know of a case that uh, here in town recently where a guy was lifted, taken to Dublin with the intention of having him sent back to uh, one, of, one of the uh, Nordic countries because they want him there, okay? 
uh, I would have thought maybe the Gardaí here, mm. I don't know what surveillance they had done in this particular place, but this was inside in the middle of an estate where, you know, you have young children. The house was raided at um, half ten in the morning. The girl in the house next door had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Can you imagine how terrified those two children were when they saw armed Gardaí storming this house at that time of day to take this guy to return him somewhere in Eastern Europe from what I can what tell. What does he want for in the... I do not know, country. but I'm sure it has to be something very serious when uh, uh, the authorities in his own country have decided to have him back. And he didn't get out on bail, by the way. Yeah, we have a new Ireland, Tom. Oh, well, we have. We have a new government and we have a new Ireland and we're going to see what's going to what attempt they're going to make to... Uh, for the, you see, Pat, the, the whole concept of, of um, crime has reached, you know, I mean, we are kind of gone immune to it now. We have these feuds, okay. you know, these drug gangs now. They're nearly kind of personalities at this stage. I mean, there's talk about Daniel Kinnan and to the same he was a kind of a rock and roll star or something, or a boxing promoter. And and the, 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 the actual trail of destruction and death and hardship that they reign on the communities right through the country, like up to the very present hour, in, in places is unbelievable and we've lost that war we've lost the war against crime because why we haven't had the proper like set up we haven't we haven't oh, okay we have a, we, we have a, a, a court system well that works well I mean the criminal justice like I mean court, I mean, the Central Criminal Court, that works well. There are no juries there. There are three judges and, you know, we see results coming out of that, but we haven't enough of these gangsters being brought before them. Law and order has gone here since about 1981. Do you remember there was a case in the Phoenix Park where, and a, a chap down in Edenderry in Offaly, I think, Nurse Gargan, <coughs> and a guy called Dunn. He was selling a gun. And we had somebody went down for that. But to me, that period was the start of, and you know, we had difficulty with the underworld and drugs, and it's been there ever since. But it's gone very, it's, it's gone, it's gone out of control now, Jerome. IT, you know, is part of the problem with it being, yes, uh, with, uh, with them not having any control whatsoever. That's right, mm -hmm. yeah. What, what, and <coughs> to be honest about it, I think myself that, um, you know, that the setup within the Gardaí, you know, is okay. They, they, they're stretched, there's no doubt about that. But the competence of, uh, and the, the, they're not actually qualified to take on, you see, behind all these, all these drug gangs, mm -hmm. there's the businesses, all, they're in all, I mean, ways of, ways of laundering money, wholesale, right? I said this must be the capital of, of money laundering in the world, outside of the Cayman Islands and, and, and places like that. I mean, this is definitely like, because the money laundering here is unreal what's we, going on. We didn't, we had an out in a wink approach to it, number one. And we didn't put the controls in place when we should have done, having worked in the UK in the 1980s. We would have, somebody would come in to discuss Mr. Donovan was, okay? This was all supposed to be confidential, and just down the plume, Mr. Donovan. But on, on getting into conversation with this guy, you know, it was somebody from the CID normally come in. And we found out that his background was in, say, real estate. And he knew that inside out because that's where he'd been recruited from. He was recruited into 
the British police system when he came in with a wealth of experience. So he knew where all the bodies were as far as real estate, as far as agriculture, whatever. They specialised. And the banks employed people over there, the four clearers. They brought them in from the police force so that they were able to defend themselves. So the recruitment process over there helped. They didn't have... Their law and order over there wasn't 100 100, but it was better than ours, purely because of the policy they had of bringing people in and the way they recruited. Now, we'll I, that I, and we haven't done it. It just shows you what, what paper you read, really, on this one. Tom, I, I'm the same case now of the Innes one and it's Irish Independent. Mobile phone raiders were gone in 60 seconds. The fact they were in and out and gone in 60 seconds mean they were fairly smart at their job. But he, he was also, he, dis, he, he was, dis, Mazarki, he was a father of 12 from College Gardens, Minute, as is a very active member of the gang. He got four and a half years. You, well, if you looked up the record of him now, Mr. Lake, as, as to what previous convictions and that, you'll find that there'll be a long list there. But if he was yeah. before you in court, and, yes, and uh, I'm sorry, if you were sitting in a jury, you wouldn't be told about his previous convictions. But you can now. You, you're supposed yeah. to be told now, like yeah. all, the, all the history of You see, but what you're talking about there, Jerome, that's not rocket science at all. So it's, no, it's just c- common sense like. if we had it, it yeah. It's good governance. I mean, we have here people in this country. I'm, I was in a certain town in the middle today and I saw a person driving a car it was worth 160,000 euros oh, that car God. was a posh a posh estate you wouldn't get uh, I'd say maybe uh, you definitely like, the UK. 200,000 yeah. anyway it was, it was in that bracket mm-hmm. now the amount of, of, of what we see around the front of our eyes every day people that pay their taxes the revenue can come down on top of me and, 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 and I have to not go on top of me but I have to go I have to submit my earnings mm-hmm. and my every penny my small little establishment that I have the same with George Jerome, the same with Pat, the same with every man that's working in the factory. He pays his he pays his tax every every week. There are droves and droves of people in this country that pay no tax, that are outside the realms and outside the the area of revenue. And everyone knows who they are. Everyone knows who's dealing with drugs. Everybody knows who's selling them. But simply the people that are that, that are that are actually they are being paid and well paid to for the have the country in their safety, like don't pay to know about it at all. And to be honest about it, like I mean, something will have to be done about that. People that are paying their taxes and are paying every thing that's to be paid in this country that's in front of them, they'll have to be protected. And the criminals will have to be. We see it every day. I mean, I, I saw instances last week in Limerick, and to frighten you, the amount of money they were spent by people that have, that have no, that are on, on welfare. Where are they getting the money? Why isn't there a profile? Why aren't there NAMA, not NAMA, but, but cab profilers in every county in the country, in, in this small country? Why aren't there NAMA? Our cab, sorry, cab mm-hmm. profilers there to ensure that these people are pinpointed and that they're taken on by the revenue. That's how they do it in America, revenue. You know, if we can't get the evidence, well, then the money, you follow the money trail. Now, folks, we'll go to Ned break and we'll be back to you shortly. Just before we go, you're tuned into County Views. My name is Patrick Donovan. We are broadcasting live here on this Wednesday night from Newcastle West. 
If you want to call in or text in on any topic whatsoever, <coughs> telephone 0696600 or 0871669800. And Jason Smith is ready, willing, and able there to take your messages. And just a quick announcement: uh, there's a new holding show going out every Thursday, uh, featuring the clubs of West Limerick. I think tomorrow's one is uh, Jimmy Chalk, Granabel and Gary, and Mike O'Connor of St. Cairns GA Club. It goes out every Thursday between 12 and 1, repeated on Thursday night at half past 10, and it's also repeated on Saturday evening between 5 and 6 o'clock. That's a new, very popular GA program going out each week and as we've said also that the 50-50 draw is back next week and the radio station is a bit like myself Tom, the finances are low and we would like if you put a little bit of effort in now because the advertising has gone down, we're not allowed to take ads from outside our area which was a huge blow to us and then we got the pandemic down on top of that so we would really appreciate people if they would buy the tickets at the following places and also many of your listeners who are outside the area you, if you send us on 10, 20 euros or whatever and we put your name down for our weekly draw as we are only a voluntary radio station without any income money whatever we can scrape from the different aspects of our radio shows and you can buy tickets also locally at Anne Lyons's Abbey Field Cockland's Shop in Castle Mahan Maloney's Quick Pick Broad for Mini's Centre in Drumcolour they are 2 euros and it's a 50-50 draw in each Friday which next Friday Friday the 17th is the next one. And Sheehan stores here in Newcastle West, Pat O'Donnell Auctioneer's Office, North Quay. West Limerick Station is here itself. Norma's Hairsland is down in Newcastle West. Keating's Rahina Shop. Ellie's Haircuts, Newcastle West, Castle Mahan, Fiona and GA Club. Fringe Hair and Beauty, Mark and Jared. Special Occasions and Gifts, Baby Wear, Mark and Jared. And we're delighted that we have uh, three new places. Adam's Garage in Glynn, McNamara's Shop in Glynn and Hogan's Shop in Glynn. So hopefully we'll get Get them on West Keaton and a few more places that are missing off that list. So our thanks to our, our people who support them and Tom Ryan and Jerome who has also been very generous here to us as well and our thanks to them. So we would hope folks that you will remember that the radio station is depending on you for your donations and the 50-50 draw is one of our ways of raising funds and of course while I'm on the chat on that line we usually pick up quite a few thousand on the Churchgate Collections each year and that is another blow to the system because that doesn't happen this year so we do really need your support now Jason back over to you for an ad break and then we'll be back to you shortly County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 8th of July 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlandwick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. 
Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors. TOD.ie Welcome back, folks, and it's about 10 to 10. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, and my name is Pat O'Donovan. The name of the program is County Views. You can discuss anything. You can say anything. It's a game to listen to anything. You can abuse us or you can compliment us. We accept everything. And tonight I'm joined by the one and only Tom Ryan, the ever-popular, and, of course, equally popular is Councillor Jerome Scanlon, who is now on the independent forum. And looking at the Irish Independent and different papers there, and this is an article by Sinead Ryan, and it's bigots want Dr. O'Gorman back in closet. Last week I was questioning the fact that we don't get profile, or I didn't see any profile of each minister. That, and I did say to Tom Ryan when he hurdled for Limerick back in 1973, when I bought a match program, I got his program profile that he was a farmer, and all of them at that time, and it was only going out kicking, hitting a ball with a hurdle. Well, now we have ministers running the country and people would like to know the, f the profile and so forth. So this is an article written by Sinead Ryan, today's independent bigots want Dr. O'Gorman back in the closet. The formation of the new government has resulted in the rightful analysis of all ministers, especially those who weren't already household names. The newly appointed children minister, among other roles, is Green Party TD Roderick O'Gorman. Interesting things about him include the fact that he has a master's degree in EU law and a PhD on social rights. He is passionate about education, which you would imagine is a great start. He has green credentials, obviously, and was the party's spokesperson on justice. So smart, intelligent, experienced and enthusiastic. A pity then that the element most picked over is the fact that he is gay. Indeed, he is our second gay minister for children in that department, which is something about absolutely nothing. Nevertheless, snide allusions to being a minister without children were almost immediate, swiftly followed by accusations of well gayness from some people possibly a little nervous of their own sexuality. I recall that when Catherine Zappone was appointed to the office, someone who should know better remarked to me that they, worry, they were worried about the children, what she might be indoctrinating them with as the suggestion, notions about gayness perhaps or turning them into little lesbians by ministerial diktat. Who knows? Such ignorance is beyond understanding. O'Gorman is what is termed openly gay, which only goes to prove that to some they would appear he is ill to be closeted gay because that worked out so well. Personally, I'd be far more concerned about a minister who flouted drinking laws as a random example. Personally, I'd be far more concerned about a minister who flouted drinking driving laws as a random example. I don't know Dr. O'Gorman. I will, as I hope will everyone, judge him on his efficiency and work rate in what is a more vital department than ever. Succeed or fail, it certainly won't be because of who he chooses to love. Now, on other newspapers, they give much more detail about his associations and acquaintances, which she decides to ignore. Jerome. Well, I know nothing whatever about Mr. Gorman other than the fact that he got promoted to cabinet. Um, nothing terribly wrong with having him in the cabinet. 
I just wonder, Minister for Children, I'm not sure that, OK, we had a lady, a gay lady, as Minister for Children. She didn't do anything out of the way that I know of. Um, I, I have issues with the Green Party and the people they've appointed to the Cabinet, but there's... You know, the, the two main parties accepted that. They obviously sat down together, put heads together over the two weeks in the lead-in, and they probably had a good idea who was getting what. Well, Jerome, is. well, Jerome, we listened to Leo Varadkar accusing the priest some few months back or in the last 12 months about what did they know about married life, etc., and they're hiding behind. Well, and would see, the same not apply in this case? That's something that has come to mind. We were uh, probably up to, and we leave Leo Varaker aside for a second, there was a school of thought out there that the clerics shouldn't be advising on family life because they didn't have children of their own. Yes. And the, this current minister and the lady that came before him are no different. No. So, you know? Tom? Well, I'm, I'm very surprised, actually, with this, with, with the whole debate on, on, on whatever the new minister is or whatever his personal choices are. He's, he's quite entitled, I mean, and... For to, for to be as he is, there's no, I have no problem with that high up role. I neither have any problem with, um, with the whole concept of whether you're gay or whether you're straight or whatever you are. If you're competent to do your job, that's what I'd be looking at. And I'd be looking at it in a totally different light altogether. I think the last Minister for Children like, had, 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 had a pretty poor record in, in, in the actual in that in, in that area totally we've been listening to uh, debates and on the children's situation at, at preschool and all the areas that affect children and it's been very unsatisfactory for the past in recent years anyway it's become a big issue and in actual fact before the last I mean government reform they were talking about about abolishing the the, the, the ministry for children so, so I would sincerely hope that um, that the minister now at the cabinet table would put aside like any or would try you know, that would forget about and, and take no notice of, of the media get on with the job that he's well paid to do and that, that it's his duty to do and to ensure that the areas that were not definitely in, in the as psychology education health and that those areas that that are very 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 badly neglected get Top priority and get on with it. You know, I mean, we can spend we can spend hours debating on what happened, but we can do nothing about that. We can run but we can support. I I taught myself that she was a disaster as a minister. Let's hope that this man will get stuck into it and concentrate on the on the issue, which is children and their welfare, and ensure that that uh, he does a good job. I hope he does, and I wish him well. Now we have a number we of text messages. We have so messages. many burn, burning issues out there. We're, we're being distracted by the trivialities that surround individuals rather than getting we'll on get with the now, job. Jerome, we'll get to them in a few moments. Right. I'll, uh, hello, Pat and panel. I send this text from Carol Connish. Can the panel please give their view on the leadership contest of the Green Party? Deputy Leader of the Green Party today said she was disappointed with the amount of female people in the government. She says she would appoint more female 
women if she was leader personally the question I pose is was she not at the negotiable table when the talks had been held to, for the program of government the answer is she was she has also said she feels the program for government can be changed or be withdrawn redrawn personally I feel she should get on with the job she was elected to do now I understand the Green Party wanted a, a total a total cattle herd within five years a coal, cattle, coal, within five years. I think that means time there'll be no cattle in the country, does it? It means, it means that we don't have to worry about it because they won't be in government in five years if that's their attitude. And uh, I, I, the next one then is, can the panel please give their views on Fianna Fáil's Barry Cowan, Minister for Agriculture? He was cut drink driving during 2016 and was in the a permit driving licence. Personally, I feel he should be allowed to continue on in government with his ministerial care and ministerial role. He paid the price back then in regards John Hogan. Adair. And another one, Pat and panel, I am in my senior years and I am glad, as I would not like to be a young person in Ireland today, people deride the authority of the church once had in this country, but society then was more stable and, and moral, a better place to live in Radkey Listener. Well, Mr. Cowan was part of the negotiating team. His difficulties weren't flagged at that point. Uh, and right now, it's getting on with governance, we should be, rather than going raking over what happened uh, several years ago. OK, there is an element of arrogance in his part, but leave that as it be. Bottom line with this is, there's been three weeks or more negotiating a government. If it wasn't flagged at that point, why is it being flagged now? Somebody some devious individual either from his own party or God knows where ha decided to raise this yeah. to create before news before we get into that and to distract yeah, before to we distract. get into that that, that red keel one uh, people deride the authority the church once had and in this country but society then was more stable and moral a better place to live in then I wouldn't now, agree. Now, the church is, I, is literally being ridiculed and ignored. I wouldn't agree. One's views and one's religion is very much a personal thing, okay? And in my view, probably parenting, the schooling system, whatever, let a lot of that slip. And it slipped probably because of um, severe attitudes that were taken by People in, people in the teaching profession, people in the church, the hierarchical structure we had in this we country. Respect. Yes, the hierarchical structure in this country that we had in this country did itself no good. And now we have ended up with a much flatter structure. And in my view, that is probably worse in some respects. Yeah, well, I have to agree with Jerome there. You know, the authority let themselves down. Uh, our, our governance was slipshod and, and careless and and downright bad. You know, I, I mean, our 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 whole our whole act, actually uh, management systems back. We can go back and we've quoted here numerous times the great politicians we had in the whole. They were all part of a, of of establishments that were that were that oversaw what happened in the country behind closed doors in churches and in convents and in and institutions like I mean modern baby homes and, and that that in actual fact undermined the thing that we really need is something to undermine it because the trend was going that way anyway. It came in with abortion, it came in with talk about 
person who came in with the, with the new the new way of living and the new the new way the way. So that was then used as an excuse for all this. But really and truly, we had a very bad record as regards oversight, management, governance, and that's what caused the actual slippage. The Catholic Church were uh, an absolute disgrace. Uh, what happened within the church, within the higher regions of the church, and probably maybe not still out of it, there was a huge amount of, of very, very good, hard-working priests, nuns, and, and, and bishops that worked very, very hard and were charitable people and Christian people and taught the gospel and, and were there, but, but there were bad eggs there who actually were in control, really. You know, so that's what undermined. So when, you, when you're compromised, you're finished. You have no, you have no an, an actual fact. Uh, you have no credibility then, and that's what happened to us. And we, and so now they're clawing back, you know, and it's pathetic actually at times, you know, to see the way they, they, they have taken the back seat, and you know, the way they're really and truly, their moral cowardice now is is, is is unbelievable. Now, Joan Hogan over there, she said, can the panel give their views on Fianna Fáil's Barry Cowan Minister of Agriculture? I believe he's not a farmer either, Tommy, is he? Well, Barry Cowan's situation is, is an absolute disgrace. He should never have been made minister. And this idea of Michal Martin with the mayor called in his chest, I mean, this this kind of thing, it reminds me a bit they have no, have no bank account. You know, they should no driver license and you're 50 years of age, you're driving in the road every day. You know, you're, you're commuting around, uh, up and down to Dublin and you're, and you're around awfully, like, I mean, like a god, and, you know, flouting every kind of a rule that's, that is there for everybody else. If Michal Martin wasn't aware of that, well, then that's his, his story didn't leave an awful lot to be desired. Jerome is, is 100% right. This government is there to run the country now. We have fierce problems. We are bogged down straight away now in, in pathetic rows that should never have occurred. And that accord, I mean, Barry Cowan shouldn't be within any government. He should be inside no cabinet table. And the people that... Why do you say that? Because of, his, of what's coming out in the media. That's why I'm saying it. Every young fellow in the country and young girl in the country that are trying to get going in cars, they've been taken off them and they've been, they've been scandalised and scandalised, I mean, every morning going to work. The cars were taken off of them. Yes. And young, children, young people. Young yeah. people. Yeah. And now yeah. we, have, we have one of the leading, one of the leading, I mean, members of the cabinet, and this is his record. And to say, Michal Martin, no, nothing about that. If you're picking a team, I picked a lot of teams in my time, and you, and you pick them on different, you're not going to... You're not going to throw it on one area, like. I mean, and I'm talking about hurling teams. This is a team to run Ireland, like, in, in an emergency. So this nonsense that's going on, and the time that's been wasted, I'd have, him, I'd have called him in. The very If I knew nothing about it, well, then I'd say, but didn't Michal Martin has, a, has seemingly a very tight-knit kitchen around him, like, who should be aware of everything that's going on, but seemingly, no, they don't. And he's, he's actually contact with, with, seemingly, with the party itself at grassroots level is very bad, and at dial level is... is is very poor, and this proves it. He should know that. He should have people that can walk into him, advise and say, look, this man has a record here. He's, this is his record. This is his, he's been off the road. And this case, like, could go on for months. And waste. And, and, if, and if we were right, it should be investigated 100%, which it isn't. Jerome, some people would wonder, did 
Or did he not, Michal Martin, know? I'd be, People would I'd be shocked. And you'd also also wonder, did uh, Barry Cowan, for the past 10 years or 15 years, he's in the doll with a provisional licence, would he have driven up the back roads around the country in Kildare and Westmeath or whatever to get to Dublin saying that he couldn't drive with a, a, a provisional licence on the motorway? I doubt very much if he drove any back roads. He went straight to Dublin by the sharp He couldn't drive up the motorway with a provisional licence. Oh, well, he was not meant to drive up the motorway with a provisional licence, but then did he display a novice plate when he eventually got his full licence? We don't know when he got his full licence, do we? I think we're chasing red herrings here. I, I, I agree with Tom. Uh, I would be of the view that uh, Michal Martin isn't fit to be Taoiseach if he wasn't aware of what was going on before, uh, with the last since since 2016. He should have known that. Uh, no, we don't want uh, to. Uh, bring down a government because of this. A government fell over a pair of glasses in 1994 or in the 1990s. Do you remember? Do you but recall but that? But whether, they, whether somebody wore glasses or whether they did not wear glasses. Yeah, but Jerome, isn't that, but isn't that the central point of the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, this country is in a crisis that nobody, we haven't even, we're, we, the, ex, we're, the experts even are afraid. To we're not there yet. Yeah. They haven't accepted anything no. yet in terms of what, uh, how bad things are. That's right. And we have, and there we have a cabinet above, like at the moment, and we spent all this week and all this weekend arguing and, and, and talking about Barry Cohn. Do you know what this reminds me of? Greece, back 10 years ago, where they were farming governments and governments were falling apart. If we're not careful, this will happen here as well. There is phenomenal debt to be dealt with here. We should be dealing with issues like the COVID payment right now. We should be dealing with issues like getting people back to work. Essential. Because the longer people stay out of work, in some cases, the less likely they are to want to return to work. Never mind of course, that's a job a being there for them. The moment in, it's going to be well. a bigger problem. It is, yeah. But you see, the, I mean, the whole point here is, you see, this suits the merry lose of this world. That they can, they, they can stall and they can hold up things and they can keep the doll going, talking about, uh, about Barry Cohn. Mm. You see, when and and he's he's pathetic. Like I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. Like my heart is bleeding here. You, you know, when where could you catch that? The whole thing is music to the ears of Mary Lou and Co. And they, they, the disgraceful events, and I will use the term disgraceful yeah. events in Belfast last week, have been put into the back seat well, because have, of the town affair. Bobby Stoney should have heard me the yeah. whole thing. Like, but you see, the, the, the point about it is that. Where you see everybody now is concentrating on, you know, and concentrating on this issue and talking about it. All the all the news programs, the papers, the whole lot. I mean, and nobody is saying, look, this is a situation that shouldn't have occurred. Who is the cause of it? The cause of it is the man that appointed him, and that's and he can duck and dive anyway, like, and he can say, "May a court belly come out with a sad face?" And he said, "Oh, that's a, there's no more to come out." Like, I mean, no more to come out. I said, "There's a story about this Joker writes Jesus in it, like, on, on his on, on, on his record Tom, on the road." The tarnished I, I was listening to uh, interviews of the people in Clara, awfully today, which is his hometown, and. I was thinking of you where you said about when, when I 
pointed out last week or the week before that there was no cabinet minister from Limerick declared to Galway to Mayo to Donegal and Leitrim and Sligo and Mayo and you, you said it didn't matter really where they came from once they'd be good enough to do the job but literally everybody in Clara said that it was vital for Offaly that they had a minister at the cabinet table and that was the big big point and I think that's well established for years it is vital for any area what else will I say anywhere Pat? that's parochial that's parish pump politics that's all, that'll never that'll, yeah. that's what we want to try and get rid of you not, deal with do, you not, do you not agree that, that it is important that you have a, a, a man at the table I, do, I don't well I, do, I don't agree that, that we have a drunken driver at the table anyway I mean and I don't agree with, and I don't agree with, uh, and I sympathise with the people with the victims mm. of the I was I, I, I was witness to, to a drunken driving accident oh, where no. two elderly people were killed and I was I, it, it shocked me and frightened me you, you know and the, the actual the, the driver of the car like didn't know where he was and he was never taken to he, he wasn't he wasn't arrested but to make it but it goes to show how light how how life we think of these things I was in a, an establishment like in in County Limerick about three months after and it was a fellow both singing and I said uh, where did I see him before I just thought, I'm just sitting me looking, I said that. Um, I couldn't, I wrecked my brain, I, I haven't a great memory. <coughs> he dawned to me, he was my bio, that was after, in the in Raheen, he killed two people, rotten drunk, and he both singing, I think it was the Huckle Book, that he was at above, in, in, in a pub in Croke, in County Limerick, three, month, three months after. Right. And that's what, you see, those are the people, the victims, and, you, you know, and there we have, uh, now a minister, and he and he and he convicted of drunk driving. That's an absolute disgrace. But Tom, you said I think we felt as well ago, and there was a number of people on to me today, and they were in a loud voice about their children from Tornafulla and out around other parts of West Limerick, where the cars they were going to work in Limerick or Shannon, and they were stopped driving on the road, and the cars were taken off them, Tom taken off of them. Well, you see, the, the, there were two incidents, I think. There was one that he, uh, he admitted to himself since, where he had got a fine for, was it parking in uh, Tullamore or somewhere, Tullamore, about 13 yeah. or 14 years ago. He was in the council. Now, surely he had to exhibit his driver's licence at that time. Did anybody... Did, like there's aiding and abetting here in my view because somebody saw that driver's license and they said to him isn't it if he had one isn't it time you got a full license okay he must have been at that point he was 40 years of age subsequently he was in the courts in Dublin for um, a speeding fine somewhere in was it over on Castleknock somewhere in West Dublin probably in his way in he was exceeded the limit in a, in a 60 mile an hour kilometre an hour zone and he went through the courts and yes at that point he still didn't have a full driver's licence Now we have another one in here and it is you know Pat can the panel please discuss the cab raids carried out lately do ye feel the Garda Commissioner is doing a good job now, as normally ye are very critical on Garda Shikana on the show? From Pat Heron of Newcastle West. I totally reject your... That's me speaking now, Pat, Pat O'Donovan. I'm saying I completely reject what you're saying, and I... We were not very critical of the guard, and I think both Tom Ryan and I, and literally most of our panel, have actually complimented the guard the time and time again. They have been spattered, they have been abused, and they have gone to great efforts, great work to bring people to court, 
and they'll literally get a slap in the hand. It was that area, as I speak of myself, and, and I'm sure Tom will agree, and, and that's my opinion of Tom Ryan as well, it, it was the system when the guards had their job done. We were definitely not, I have never criticised the guardie. Some might be overzealous occasionally, but we compliment the guards. They're doing a fantastic job with the numbers they have to the best of their ability. And some of them are obviously, you'll always get a bad apple in every box, and the guards have their share as well. But overall, when they bring people to court, we've seen it time and again, and I've seen them where they did undercover to catch something on drugs. I read in the paper not too many times, some time back. And the person, after all that effort, all that paperwork, they got the Probation Act. Yeah, well, I'd like to clarify that too, Pat, you know, there, that, uh, that I'd, I'd say the, the actual, um, I said that the caller now maybe misunderstood us a bit, you know, that, so we have already actually spoken about it already tonight, you know, and uh, as, as you rightly said, the actual Gardaí, like, I mean, are they're curtailed, there's no doubt about that. There's, there's, I mean, when you go through the DPP, I have been said here, I said tonight, there should be a, there should be a cap profilers in every county, but there should be district prosecutors in every county as well. It shouldn't all have to go into central DPP in Dublin in, in all, and wait six, twelve months. Well, there's some cases waiting for four or five years. Sure, that's not justice at all. And and in the meantime, these criminals, which there are a lot of them, I mean, the most of them, are out, they're still they're still at the same business, they're driving around in their big cars, they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. So, I mean, the backup isn't there for the cars. But that is garden management, it's justice department, it's actually a government problem. And 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 I'm afraid that the Gardaí are slow enough in their representative bodies in representing their members. They should be demanding more. They should, I mean, we see there even the, the smallest of, of even stab vests, they had to fight in their backs. I don't think they still have got them even. Now they've taken the arm, they've taken the actual, they've taken the arms of, uh, of the arm guard deal at them, they have, they, have withdrawn their, they have withdrawn their pieces and, uh, you know, which is a huge move, like, I mean, we saw last week we saw, the, I mean, Garda Harkin like in me, oh, it's tragic, we saw last night the, the, the tribute to Garda uh, Fallon and Bourne, you know, I mean, those are, they're frightening like, I mean, those two, two men in the prime of life, so we they haven't to back up, but that's, again, farmers, successor governments, ministers, and governments in general. Sure. Political correctness is part of the problem. We, they, we won't take the hard decisions. First and foremost, the Gardaí need to be complimented for the way they... Uh, and, uh, for the fantastic work they did over the last four months. And as, as other frontline uh, people did, particularly those in the health service, those working for the local authority, a lot of people went the extra mile down the road in terms of protecting people. And when, let's never forget that. But as far as CAB is concerned, there are serious issues there with regard to CAB and the Garda Force. Are, they might work hand in hand to a point, but in a lot of cases, and I think this was down to maybe corruption within the Garda Force, that it, they didn't really know what CAB was doing because the, the people that were running CAB were probably afraid that information might reach Jerome Scanlon before they got to him. Oh, and you, and, and, and you can be certain sure yeah, that meant So that was a problem, yeah. and it still is. Can you go now, for that? I think you, somebody made made the point here about maybe getting a statement of affairs from cabs, yeah. uh, from cab. It might make sense, but then 
does it stop them of doing further business down the road? So a lot of what they has they need to do has to be done in a cover type of way, uh, because otherwise well, it gets into the public domain. But in Jerome, now, we know we know Tom that yeah. they've lifted maybe thirteen mobile homes in a particular place, mm -hmm. and that we know where the mobile homes came from across Channel. Okay, and the same with hundreds of thousands. The same with jewellery, for example. Even dogs and dog napping. That's going on, not too far from here. Uh, there are challenges that the Gardaí, major challenges for the Gardaí, and then you have Cab on the other hand trying They'll to They'll have do to man up to him, though, you see. You see, Jerome, like, it's like every We else. haven't the numbers unless we want to make the place a police state. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't need a, a police state, but we, we do need law and order, though. Absolutely. For all. Yeah. Not for Tom Ryan, but for Jerome's cabinet. Yeah, but, the, the, I but you look at... You look need at, a forever. You look at the Garda force. They take me to Dublin to, court, to, 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 to the joy... And I'll probably be back in your Castle West before they return themselves. That has happened so many times. Well, it's happening on a regular basis, to be honest. It's a joke. So, like, that is, must be very demoralising for... That'd be, you know, if, if the same car was giving you trouble below on the farm every week you, or every day, she wouldn't be there too long. Yeah. It is 20 past 10. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM on this Wednesday night. And this programme is going out live until 11 o'clock and repeated tomorrow evening, Thursday until half past seven. And the panel is Tom Ryan, former manager of the Limerick hurling team, Jerome Scanlon. I don't know if was he ever much involved in hurling. Not really. But he is an independent county councillor, and Pat O'Donovan is your host tonight, and, Jero and Jason Smith is the man that will take your messages. If you call in on 0696 or text in 087-166-9800, we'll go to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 8th of July 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. weeks. Welcome back folks, you just missed an interesting case there by Jerome, you might as well say it again Jerome, uh, because we're about to discuss missing people, we have, uh, uh, there's no action being taken here on uh, the girl from America that was missing Annie McCarrick there a few years ago and I, I was 
quite involved in missing people. We did quite a lot of programs, and that's with George O'Donnell and our Mary, her sister, indeed, who passed away since, sadly, and indeed, in the in the Annie McCarry case, I think it would bring tears to your eyes, indeed, her father, John, who spent years trying to find out what happened to her. He died in 2009 with no answers, and her mother passed away. And that that is very, very sad, that the same with Mary Field and the sister of George O'Donnell. She spent her life on to politicians, radio programs to get to find out what happened to George O'Donnell. I was speaking with the family there recently, and they're taking the case now to the Europe, and hopefully. But Jerome, uh, missing people, as um, I could talk to an hour on the missing people myself, there was a man missing up in Churchtown in County Cork, which is not too far away from us, and he was missing for many months. And a neighbour let him off at a gate near his own house, and he wasn't found. Months went on, and search parties and never found him. Then a local person was cleaning ditches, hedges, mm. and he lifted a bucket to hit this tree a wallop, and part of the skeleton of the man hanging above the tree fell down. There was a, the famous case of the woman in Wicklow, in um, Wicklow, and she was in a nursing home, and the family took her out for was a blessing to her. It was a seaside place, and the family took her out on Christmas Day, and they brought her back, and she wasn't seen, and they couldn't find her for was it almost a year later, I think. Somebody looked in over the wall across the road from the nursing home, and there was the the body of the lady. There was another man missing in Dublin for many many months, and no find either. And when they moved the skip when this company came for the skip to move it, he was inside behind that. So incredible, and that's only highlighting that part of it. But from the family's point of view, it must be something absolutely awful if we're missing a dog. We literally stay up all night and days and appealing and appealing and appealing. Jerome, you're in now with your just case. You're telling the story just about... about in, in this country, we have a great level of concern yeah. for one another. Back to the English one. That in the UK, staying. it's slightly different. Yeah. My next-door neighbour uh, shared a house with another gentleman. When you were living in England. This was in Chiswick in West London. Yeah. And he came home from work one evening. The other guy's books were on the table, and he wasn't there. And at about 10 o'clock that night... Highly unlikely, highly unlike this man not to return. Uh, Harold went down to the police station to report him missing. They, he was told, go away. People go missing every day in London. He did that for five weeks. No sign of Alistair was the guy's name. And at the end of five weeks, this lady used to walk her dog down along the bank of the Thames. And the dog went off into the distance. One evening, he came back. A couple of days later, she was out walking the same dog and he went into the distance and this time she went to see what the problem with the dog was. And there was the gentleman's remains. Five weeks lying on the side of the, the bank of the Thames without being discovered. People had obviously walked there, passed by and didn't realise it took a dog to find a missing person in London. Tom, when I met matches and things, when we used to have matches where you could go and you see girls here, there and everywhere, and I think of people like George O'Donnell and Anne McCarrick and the Jacob girl and many, many others and, and, and many that aren't as well known as those, and I feel there should be a lot, lot more done. 
Well, look, Pat, in, in all fairness now, like, yeah, I mean, maybe. I'd say we have, a great, we have a good record, you know, in mm-hmm. looking for people. And, uh, you know, I mean, well, you see, there's different ways people go missing. People maybe can, that's a memory, can go into unusual places and be missing. People uh, people have accidents as well. We saw that little boy above in Belfast, even, uh, you know, Noah, what was his name again last week? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that was, look at the actual the the amount of searching went on for him and and i said to the pure freak when he went he had lots of memory after an accident on his bike and uh, there, there was a huge effort made. There was a, a, a panda girl up in the Midlands as well. That's right. She was pregnant. Tullamore? Uh, yes, in Tullamore. And, you know, I think we have, we have we've had made great efforts to, for to find. See, some, when, when it's a victim of crime, you see. That is the, that, that is the one that's, that's had to break down. You know, and, that, uh, and a lot of the actual, a lot of the missing people, you know, a lot of the, particularly women, that is the problem. Their, their bodies are, are, are hid, you know, the crime, I mean, they're murdered, like, and they're, they're, they're taken. Now, the Gardaí, I'd say, I'd say we must have a tremendous record, because I, I actually kind of follow it myself as well, you know, even people that are found, that are found, mm. foreign people, there's a man in Galway now that are looking all over Europe for him, for to trace who he is. And we have a good record. There was also people found in Wexford and in Wales where the Gardaí were all searching all the time and had him on. And I said, these case files that are open now, hopefully that's that's that. Because as you rightly said, Pat, the loss of a, the loss through missing persons of, of a family member is very traumatic, you know. I mean, I had instances of myself, you know, when my own father was missing, you know, like, and, and uh, you, you know, it was, it was, I mean, huge trauma. I mean, my mother, like, I mean, was very traumatised, suffered a stroke as, as a consequence of it, and it didn't, never recovered, you know, and uh, so that was, I mean, well, he was found, and we were able to, you know, thank God for, I mean, for that, like, in an accident at an at industrial plant. And, uh, you know, it is, so it is, it is, it, it's awful. And that was only for a short space of time. We, and I knew myself, like, whatever psyche powers I have, I knew exactly what, yeah. what actually happened. And, oh, I don't know why, but I had. But that was a very traumatic time. But, I mean, if you can imagine if it went on and on and on, you know, like, I mean, it is very, very hard to, for, for to compensate people. Jerome, the Shanahan chap, the young Shanahan chap inside in Limerick. His oh, parents. Yes. Think about the number of years the mother yeah. died in the meantime. Now, oh, his father and mother were with us in Nakfirna, as was <coughs> George O'Donnell, and as another woman, I forget her name, out East Limerick, was with us in Nakfirna, one day we did a programme. And also, he was, go see Shanahan's father was with us on quite a few occasions. But again, back to the area of Larry Murphy, I think his name was, in the Wicklow area, that area, where he was caught and convicted for uh, for kidnapping a lady at Tullamore shopping car park, mm-hmm. burned her into the car. I believe she was stripped naked. He had a whole dog when two men out shooting happened to come That's on right. it. Yeah. And 
yet for kidnapping and for rape and, uh, and many more charges, I'm sure, when the guards would list them all out, he got only 10 years, I thought, for kidnapping. You should get a lot more. And this was looked sounded like a guy that, that they were really looking for, it would seem. And he's out in literally, was it eight years or something? Yeah. And free, Tom? Yeah, they're shocking. Jerome, it doesn't but make sense to yeah, me. No, 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 we discussed that, Pat. But yeah. to say this I mean, is the a problem. The law is like, and the like. Know, judiciary, like, I mean, is, they're there to prefer, they're there to administer justice, but that's not justice, like. Jerome, like, no. first of all, the lady survived. If she had been murdered, he'd have got 15 years. That's, yeah. I think, about the maximum you'll do for murder. Yeah. But so kidnapping. Kidnapping, yes. That's... And now, rape. I, uh, if you kidnap a minister or a policeman, I think you can get more. But there's a limit to the sentence that uh, that um, one can get otherwise. Life should be life, like. You know, oh, they, absolutely. They, they, they should be no. But you uh, see, they they are the case there. Yeah. They they haven't proved that he killed anyone. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it looked as if the intent was to kill well, or no. to murder. Yeah. I mean, if but you didn't see it any other way, well, then you shouldn't be sitting in the bench like. Uh, yeah, you know, agreed. I mean, that, agreed. That, that, that is the fact, no, Jerome, you know. Have, have any of you ever heard of 47 Melrose Avenue? Well, that was the west, is it? In, no, Melrose Avenue was up in, in Bronsbury, North London, near Kilburn. Yeah. This is an interesting one. I had a colleague that came to work every day, and she stayed at number four. She rented at number 45, Louise. And Louise was a rather dramatic, bubbly lady. And she was telling us about... All the problems they had in the house, smells, okay, it was this, that, and the other wrong. This was going on for about four or five months. And suddenly then she said, and there's a whole lot of activity out there every morning. There's guys in biler suits and whatever. She was living in the house next to Nielsen. Nielsen worked for the Inland Revenue. And he went down the West End at night and he brought back guys, dismembered them, and packed their limbs down into the chutes of the houses on either side. Consequently, the others that she had the problem with were decomposing bodies. There were probably 12, 13 men over about four or five years that were murdered by this guy. He is needless to say locked up today. That happened in 1981. That's quite recently. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, but it, it is a shocking situation, though. With the mechanic, that's been investigated now, I think, by a team from the FBI coming over, Pat, is it? Yeah. That's, that's very strange, and, you know. I mean, again, again, you see, it's, so, it, it, you know, the, the, the single women going going into situations like that, you know, it, it, I mean, I know you can, you, you, it's, a, it's a free country and you can go, suppose, over your life, but isn't that a risk, isn't, isn't that a, an awful risk involved, like, for people, you know? I just read it there, Tom. A crack team from the U.S. investigating the mystery disappearance of American tourist Annie McCarrick has received a promising new lead that could solve the 30-year-old case. Michael Griffith, a New York-based lawyer who was hired by Mrs. Ms. McCarrick's family in the 90s to help with the missing person investigation, was contacted following an article that appeared in Mundus Independent. Mundus Independent stated they already had a very solid lead, a new lead in the case as well. The article revealed that Mr. Griffith, the ex-FBI agent, Kenneth Strange are planning to travel to Ireland later this year to find out what happened to the 26-year-old woman. I received an email from a person who had read the articles of Mr. Griffin. It was a lengthy and detailed email and it has presented us with a new lead that is very promising. I can't go into the details. Miss McCarrick was last seen taking a bus to Inniscarry on Friday, March 26, 1993. Her father, John, who spent years trying to find out what happened to her, died in 2009 with no answers. Mr. Griffin and Mr. Strange have joined forces with Annie's uncle, John Covell, 
to finally solve the mystery. The men have identified a prime suspect in the case and are hoping to get access to a cold-filed case investigation. The US-based team is being assisted by Brian McCarthy. And <coughs> we are also getting the help of Joe Barron's criminal case. And it also went on to say, at the time of Annie's disappearance, Gardy investigated the case, collected information to say that she visited Johnny Fox's pub in the village of Clint Cullen. Mr. Griffin and the US-based team do not believe that information is correct. She didn't go there, he said. Our own investigations have established a sighting of her in a pub it was a case of mistaken identity. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that they will solve that case. It is very, very sad that both uh, parents uh, suffered and died, uh, yeah, as, as are the other families yes, of other missing terrible. people. There's a case as well of a German student, an 18-year-old German student. In there's Denmark. a lot, both Tom and mm. Jerome, there's a lot, of, a lot of missing people. Now, Tom, you said they're doing a very good job. They are doing, doing a, really do they are doing a very good job. job. But, but there is an awful lot of outstanding, outstanding ones that have missed there out. Is, but there, there's a lot of hours that work put in, like, you yeah. know, trying, to pay, trying to look. It's not that they're being ignored now. Years of work. We have the French lady down in Cork on Christmas Eve that was murdered, like with an, another one, which is also. That was very. That's going on. That's ongoing, sure. I mean, the French have yeah. their own idea about that. They have, yeah, but Many people who in Ireland yeah. would have their own idea of yeah. the investigation in that case as well, of course. Oh, well, the you know. investigation <laughs> in Denmark would have been awful to be desired. That was shocking. <laughs> Our friend Pat Ahern, on that case, yeah, I think that we would be criticising the Gardaí Shikani in that particular case. Yeah, yeah. And he also asked about the Gardaí Commissioner, and we do think actually that he's doing a wonderful job, the new Gardaí Commissioner. Yeah. yeah, well, he, he's, uh, you, you, you know, there, there oh, appears to be a bit of no Things are happening yet, anyway. He has a huge job in hands, and, yeah. and he can't do it on his own. He has to have the he has to have the resources, that, and he has to have the backing of the government, and he has the backing, especially of the Minister for Justice. Like, and you're wondering at times, are they, are they seeing it from the one <clears> You know, because the actual, if crime isn't got under control, and if the gangsters and the criminals and the fraudsters uh, and the money launderers aren't rounded up in this country, it could be like El Paso. That's what you're doing. And, and most importantly. And the most important thing, Major Rom, I can't understand all this. All this money that's floating around and that's been laundered. There are billions, billions I mean, being laundered. Mm. Like, but where is the accountability by our banking institutions who are holding this money? Like, they know, like, they know this money. Like is is hard. They, they are compelled to uh, to uh, report transactions it, over a certain value. Exactly. And they and they are reporting them. They have to. Well, I doubt so that. What, I doubt what, that very much. Well, if they do, no, I would say report them into I, I into an empty vessel because no. there's nothing happening. Uh, okay, he, uh, okay, and if, no. it's, if, if it is, it's taking too long. That's the difficulty. And it's yeah. taking too long, yeah. and, uh, and, the, uh, and the people are only, and the people that are involved, like, I mean, there's, there's <coughs> fraudsters in business, legitimate businesses, that are only cover agents to meet for money laundering. The guard, you know that. The cab knows it. So why aren't they acting in it? Like, what, what, what's the problem? People have to pay their taxes. People have to pay their dues, and, and rightly so. But but it, but it, it is now... They'd be reported to the revenue as well, Tom. Or, or they would be reported to yeah. the revenue, but the revenue aren't yeah. doing their job. They're doing their job for Tom Ryan, right? They'll send down him if he has, no, he has I, to have I, a coin for I think the revenue, yeah. the revenue really have improved their operation I significantly. So. They have for certain people. Now, folks, it's 22, 11, and we're 
we're going to an ad break in a few moments and you're tuned to a live program called County Viewers here broadcasting from West Limerick 102 FM Newcastle West and the panellists tonight are Tom Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon and as I said earlier during the course of the night the radio station is a community radio it needs your support and due to those difficult times the financial income has kind of gone into a little bit of difficulty we would be holding church gate collections through the year and they are gone this year which is a huge loss to us so we would appeal to you to support our 50-50 draw and you can buy tickets at Anne Lyons' shop in Abbey Field, Cocklands, Castle Mahan, Maloney's Quick Pick Broadford, Meany's Centre from Colourhouse, Sheen's Doors, Newcastle West, Battledon and Auctioneer's Office, North Quay, the radio station here itself, Norma's Hair Salon, Keating's Rahina, Ellie's Haircuts, Newcastle West, Castle Mahan, Fiona, Fringe Hair and Beauty, Market Yard, Newcastle West and Special Occasions, the Market Yard. Also, at Adam's Garage Shop in Glynn, McNamara's Shop in Glynn and Hogan's Shop also in Glynn. And we'll go now to Jerome to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 8th of July 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limwick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners, and we have quite a few, and just on the virus, folks, take care is still very much there, so I think people might be getting a small little bit careless, but we still have 10, 15, 25 new cases each day, and that's spreading on to another two or three people, so people should be still extremely careful. And as we see in other countries where they have unlocked, they're locking back up again and closing down in places all over the, the world, literally. And back to the text here, bad eggs in every walk of life. Nowadays, no, nowadays, nobody is in charge. Moral courage to stand up to the wrongdoing is needed. Just say in a tea. And another one, it's Mr. O'Gorman's links to, this is the Minister for Children we discussed a little earlier, it's Mr. O'Gorman's links to a well-known children's activist in the UK, Peter Tatchell, who Mr. O'Gorman welcomed to Dublin and took forces with him. There is a protest, when there was a protest in Dublin, and he said there, there is a protest in Dublin this Saturday in relation to this matter, Mike Barrett. And Peter Tatchell, of course, was a guy who put up uh, on Twitter one of those things, uh, which is something I wouldn't be reading out on, uh, on a text or, or 
announce here on this local radio station. Good evening, Pat and Tom. After an awful wet day, sure, it's a pleasure to put my feet up and listen to my two favourite men presenting a great topical show, which I always enjoy, and welcome back to Jerome. So nice to hear him again. Now, Jerome, somebody loves you. Thank you. And my poor Tom is very angry over all this awful crime. Sure, I wouldn't blame him. And to cheer him up, as always, I send him a huge, big hiss. From, Sloppy one, Tom. From, <laughs> from Polly the Port. So, Polly, so, so Polly. poor lady, so yeah. poor lady. Thanks for the question, Claire, if on Saturday. And is, ca- is Cab very, this is no, another one, is Cab very restricted in reality? In simple terms, a tug amasses wealth from crime. He is cut and brought before the courts. Bank funds are seized, but he in reality suffers no penalty. If I stole the car tomorrow, I just couldn't hand it back and walk free. Now, as we say, somebody asked earlier on for us to comment about the cab rates, raids locally. All we hear is on the grapevine, so to speak, the raided locally, but as Tom Ryan said, uh, Jerome, we hear very little ever afterwards what becomes of all of that. Hello, Pat. Can the panel please discuss the latest that some teachers are refusing to go back to work when the schools will try to reopen? Personally, I feel this is outrageous. As look at the frontline medical staff who risk their lives for us people. The teachers are not as high a risk from Mike in Kilmallock. And Con Crimin called. Minister O'Gorman and partner is a fan of bringing down the age of consent from 16 to 12. That is why people are upset. I think I saw that published on something all right as well. Yes, Jerome. Well, Peter Tatchell, of all people, goes back to 1981. Michael Foote, I think, brought the Labour Party to the floor when he became leader in that election of 83. But there was a by-election in a constituency called Bermondsey, famous for its market overt. You've probably been there, Pat. Yeah, yeah. But they had a by-election in Bermondsey. Peter Tatchell was the Labour candidate. Was very familiar, yeah. He yeah. got, he got uh, selected and he was the Labour candidate. And for the first time ever, a guy called Simon Hughes took the seat for the Liberal Democrats. And it took 20-odd years for the Labour Party to win back that seat, all because of extreme leftist views and liberal gay views as well, which would have been what that guy stood for. He's still about. Obviously he is, because he was in Dublin not too long ago. I think and he he's was from New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he's British by origin. I don't know. In, uh, you're a mine of information, Jerome. I have to compliment you on this. <laughs> I mean, an unbelievable, I mean, layout there and history of this individual. And, uh, you know, that's, I suppose, we, we've come to expect the best from you, like, and well, you're it tonight. That is an, an, an unbelievable history of this individual. We, we, we were kind of he, thinking about a fellow down in Dungarvan or something. He with lost the, the Labour seat, yeah. And, and, if, and if, like, I mean, he's associated with the minister, like, I oh. mean, that's a shocking says enough. situation. It says enough. And, and, it, and, and, you know, again, now with the protest, which uh, rightly so, I've no problem with that, you know, because we can do it with them individuals. Like, I mean, there's no doubt about that. That's the disgrace. I think that chap led a group called Stonewall at some point. Stonewall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 but you know, you've, you've given his history here, and there's no way that can be doubted. But as regards the teachers, Pat, you know, and, and uh, I just, that's very disappointing because 
I've been listening to the unions, heaps of unions now here for the last month, you know, and uh, they leave a lot to be desired, you know, because the simple reason that the teachers, since the, since they shut down the schools, they've been paid their salaries, like, in full. And uh, now, the uncertainty, I mean, this is, this is July now. Schools will reopen, hopefully, and they should, and, uh, and uh, in, the, in early September, you know, as they normally do, in the colleges as, as well. Yeah. And there's every kind of an obstacle being put, like, in the way of opening those schools by the, by the teacher unions. You know, I know that I mean, the virus is a crucial, and every, 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 like, I mean, effort has to be made for safety and for the, for the safety of the teachers and the, not only the teachers, but the staff as well, that are in those schools. But I think myself that they're absolutely no disgrace at the moment, anyway in my opinion. Well, education is essential. And I would see our teaching profession as being frontline. And I would believe that they are frontline workers, the same as people, well, obviously, with a very different trust. To the same extent, A no. different trust to, to the, the people. same extent, no. to the, yeah, the, as the girls, as health, the wise, health the girls, service and the guards. And that. But you do need, yeah. uh, how will I put it, um, our values will break down if our young people are out of school for six or nine months. Well, they're they're, down they're too long people, out of school, you know. But at the same time, Jerome, you know, like the stipulations that are putting in now, like that they have to bring back retired teachers and that for, for to for to pony up the service, like and for to back up the, the you know, I mean the the te- like they've had it good now. There's no doubt about that. And and, and okay, there are they work. We say like. They have, they have great conditions. Okay. Yeah. Teaching is changing now, no. well, and they have to face a lot of things that teachers had to face before. But, but that's that's not yeah. part of the job. It's like you go into the hospitals. If we, there is no comparison now to teaching students than there is inside the front line of any hospital. But from the, from the point, oh no, I'm not comparing them, but I would still see them as the education being uh, no, to the forefront. Well, no it has one denies to be. that, Jerome. It no, has I mean, it, it, it has we're, to be. We're one of that. Yeah. You know, nobody denies that. But I mean, we have to, we, we, we have to explain. These are highly paid officials, public officials, civil servants, big pensions, good conditions, good holidays, all that. Let's, let's get it out there. And 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 uh, but I think now that they're putting in that they're really There's stifling any bit of any bit of, of of light that's there at the moment. Now in the schooling system, um, it has changed very significantly from your time and mine in school. We were on site in the one room, but the person with the special needs now, and rightly so, they're obviously channeled separately through another maybe part of the school, or they have a special needs person. And I'm not so sure that the person that's there for special needs purposes this is on the same level of pay as everybody else in the school. Good enough. Now, gentlemen, if I can take you back to this virus, <coughs> which is still very, very serious, and people might be taking might be taking more risks. I was in recently in the city, in one of those big shops. Just happened to pass through, more or less, and I'd say there was probably 40 or 50 people in it, and I say two or three was all that was wearing any masks mm. or anything like that. And now we have today, it has come out that 200 scientists and the World Health Organization are now believing that it is airborne and that it remains in the air for quite some time. And also uh, another article which has appeared here, I think Jerome was on about the Spanish flu there earlier, 
maybe not on air, but the 1908 Spanish flu left survivors with neurological illnesses. But the scientists now have raised the prospect of a brain damage epidemic after detecting an increase in life-threatening inflammation linked to the coronavirus. Now, I have said quite a bit, and other people would say it, for the people who got it, some died, some survived, and some didn't get it too very bad. But nobody knows the long term what effects it will leave on the people. And we must remember everybody that died, but 1,600 of those that died of 1,738 were over the age of 55. And the majority, the vast majority of those over the age of 65. Yeah. But also, at the present time, up to 40% of the people that are getting it are under 40. You see, that's where we need to have an awareness. We need to home in on awareness all the time. Younger people, and we'd all get frustrated, but younger people obviously tend to want to get on with living their lives. But we can't live life as we lived it up we to last We had appalling January. scenes in we Dublin, which is very, very high, around pub areas there last weekend. And those people will be taken off around the country to Kerry and Clare and God knows where, Tom. Yeah, this is this is a shocking uh, situation, you know. And uh, again, we spoke about it on numerous occasions here. You see, the, the, whereas we're discussing it tonight, and any, re, a, any good programme will discuss it, and they'll give you all reasonable uh, situations and reasonable behaviour. Uh, there has been a bit of uncertainty as regards the, as regards the masks and that hasn't helped. But the, the, uh, in general, we were very lucky to have Dr Tony Holland and his team leading the, leading the fight against it. I said they were, the, they were definitely responsible, I mean, and the, the, the politicians for once listened to them and, uh, and the people, uh, 90% of the population, like, I mean, definitely, like, uh, I mean, fell in and said, look, we're going to suffer the consequences. Some pay, some businesses are gone. Some people have gone through mental and anguish and loss, financial loss and everything. As Jerome rightly said, the most important of all are the people that have that have passed away as a result of it. And like the people that, that, that were severely affected by it will carry it for a long time. And no one knows, as you rightly said, Pat, the consequences of, of what's going to happen to people that, that did contacted. But to see the carry on last weekend of our young people, no that hasn't don't don't they even fool themselves that that is only happening in Dublin. That's going on all over. That's going on in my city. Going on in Cork, which we saw there for the last the university students that didn't go that didn't go away in the J ones. They're all they're all blowing Cork to their right Cork and the the all the the, the streets that all the residents had there. Part house parties. House parties uh, There's a court case today or tomorrow, I think. Yes, the, the local people in the area have taken a court action about these noisy parties in their houses. But again, against that, you see, we should have taken action against that. You see, this is where the the your know, windows parties that and they're only drinking things that's all that this party thing i don't know where that name came off because the party now is drinking and how much you can drink and drug drink and drugs and now they have a new drug that's the devil where i get a thing that you that it's a kind of a gas or something that you take as you right. died in dublin yesterday from it but so that, that, that didn't come today yesterday so i mean the, the authorities should have taken action against those students and also in dublin last saturday night that should be taken actually, and there's no good talking about it the following day because these people are listening to no news, they're not listening to any radio programs, they're just addicted to drinking drugs, and they'll keep doing that as long as they're lit. 
and they and we can't afford in this country to let that get out of control because I believe it's out of control but to get the ground back that's where the problem is I can't see it happening Very, yeah, I will agree with Tom there it's um, oh I don't know where we're heading with this guys we can't be too careful that's the bottom line that's the way I, I feel about it and you're right the partying has to stop but it's not that easy for the law basically to to enforce uh, close down you, they come on a scene uh, Tom in yes. Dublin for example and the street is crowded how do you clear the street well, they take no, they'll take no notice of you. They will take notice of you if, if, if the action is there. If you're but pepper spray, but you can't use that either. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be too slow, like, in, in, in tenders. You see, these people, like, I mean, like, are, are getting away with this. The street drinking is illegal anyway. In, in the bylaws, you know, I mean, the bylaws, like, that's, that, are, that has but compiled in unfortunately, the bylaws. Unfortunately, I think Dublin... Corporation agreed to have tables out in the streets because they felt it was the best way to socially distance. That's fine if the numbers are small, but we saw the crowds that came out. You Gentlemen, you got to take out the point. You can see as a result, Jerome, the drinking that's going on in this country at the moment can't be, it can't be, it ha- it'll have to be stopped. I mean, and the price of it, the availability of it, the age, the age yeah. profile mm. of the actual people as well. I mean, there are no examples. Our media are promoting it wholesale. The advertising is, and our sports organisations are doing nothing about it because they're taking sponsorship from this. So they'll have to be, someone will have to say well, And the government, are, the government are happy because they're getting huge taxes below, as well, yes? Yeah, Correct. below cost selling has to be legislated for. Yeah. And the sooner the better. So, gentlemen and, and the listeners, of course, if you watch the stations, especially the English ones, I suppose, and those other stations, they give you a worldwide breakdown of all these new cases, which is absolutely frightening. They're hitting world record numbers of the virus, new cases, new cases in different countries. South America has huge millions, millions. South America is in second place and I think England is in third. And the southern hemisphere is heading into winter. We even see Melbourne and Australia were very good at controlling. But now it's they have locked down as well because it's become the common flu of the winter. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, take extra care, extra care. It is not going to wait to use a quote from another political party once upon a time. We're not going to wait, you know. But neither is the virus. And just people should be extra, extra careful, especially for us around this rural area where we seem to be reasonably not too bad, so to speak. But yet there are cases we read out here a week or two which surprised us in the different townlands that people were. And... Uh, you don't know, and as the Dr. Hula and company said at the time, just assume that everybody has it, so take extra care. It's 11 o'clock, and I thank sincerely Tom Ryan for his wonderful attendance and involvement and contribution, and Jerome Scanlon. Tom used to be complaining here, but he never got tea or anything, because we're, we're at a tight-skinned oper- operation, tinned operation, but now I must dad say we're providing water in bottles and paper cups, so we've come up
hope the world will smile a little bit. And our sincere thanks to Jason Smith, who has been a wonderful, wonderful colleague and doing a fantastic job there coming in on his own time without any pay, as indeed are all four of us, to entertain you every Wednesday night. And as I've called it out during the course of the night, tickets are available in all those shops. And if there's not one near you, we would appreciate maybe if we stuck five or 10 or 20 into an envelope with your name and address, and we'll put you in to it as well, because we need the money to pay the bills. And if we don't do that, then some Wednesday night you will not hear any sound from this part of West Limerick. So, folks, take care. Stay a good distance away. They say the distance is the length of a cow, so you know what the length of a cow is a good cow. It's about six feet. Stay safe, and from the two gentlemen, they'll talk for themselves. So, good night and take care. Yeah. Until next week. West Limerick 102. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 8th of July 2020 from 9 30 to 11 pm on West Limerick 102 FM. Jerome Scanlon joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.